0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Essex Market. Essex Market is New York City's most historic public market, proudly located on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Find the freshest produce, meat, fish, and specialty foods from over 30 unique vendors Learn more about the market's family of small neighborhood businesses at essexmarket.nyc.
0: So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil his groove in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna
2: get you started. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte.
3: And I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey. We're all here.
4: We're all here yeah, which, is, yeah. which, is, which is which has been uh not the norm throughout the past uh a year and a, and a pretty tumultuous year it's been, but I'm glad to have us all three in the studio again
3: uh, yeah, our definition I, of here and studio has had to expand yeah. a little bit, but we are all <laughs> in in both of those things with air quotes and I have an underberg
4: oh my goodness, I've already <laughs> had mine, but I can probably find another one if I reach uh, <laughs> just a few feet to my left. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, guys, I, I hate to uh, I hate to miss out on shows, but you know, times are crazy around here and like I've been moving and like starting a new kind of new job over the past uh, few weeks. And um, yeah, so I, I've listened to the shows and you guys are killing it. This is why, to be honest, this is why you need co-hosts, you know, like the I don't think any one person should be doing anything by themselves you know, whether it's behind the bar Southern, I know that you t- typically work solo behind the bar, but like I get scared as hell, even like as a brand ambassador, whenever I go to visit accounts, I usually take someone with me, even if they're not industry at all, they're just someone with me, it's I. someone with going with me to an account visit is uh, it's great because, you know, I've had a bunch of, like, you know, visitors from brands that come up and they show up solo. And then, I feel guilty because I'm super busy with all my customers and I feel like they're just sitting there waiting to talk to me and, you know, pitch me on something or just talk shop or whatever it is. Anyway, it's better than bringing a book, bring a friend. Um, but that's, that's how I feel about having you guys on the show. Thanks man. Of course. Here mean, we are it, takes, at,
4: it takes a team, you know?
2: Yeah. And here we are at the end of the year. Um, this is our last show of the year. And so I'm glad that we're all here in the studio together and it's just us in the studio. We're doing a recap show
4: recap (laughs) recap i think it's we're at the end of the year damon but the show as a whole which you've spearheaded since its very beginning is at the end of a decade
2: yeah it's true yeah it's been it's been a decade uh almost it'll be a decade in january so everyone stay tuned for that show should be fun should have other goodies coming along with that but you know this this past decade of of Bar tending and bar culture—it's like I was thinking about this last night, and it's not dissimilar to the '60s in a lot of ways. Like this has been like the bartending '60s. So,
1: <laughs> so
2: bear with me here.
1: Let me really let me I like, uh, am ready. Of this. <laughs> hey, yes, break,
3: break this down. I want to hear
4: this. Uh, I am ready to oh. hear the Damon Bolty '60s analogy on the last ten years of bartending.
2: Yeah. So I just had my Underberg. Um, Nicely done. Now think about it. Cruising into the past decade, the beginning of it, you know, everything was like, like rock and roll had just started, you know, a little bit the decade before, just in a few years ahead of time. So, like, we're still, just keep that in the back of your mind, right, for Mm -hmm. now. Beginning of the 60s, like, creativity was bubbling up, but it was still kind of, like, hidden, and also, like, everything was pretty conservative, as well as kind of male dominated, you know, like same as the bar world, right? We're, we're going to wearing our vests and ties and like buttoned up speakeasy style. Uh, it was mostly dudes, you know, with curly mustaches. And it was very like uniform and, and it, there, but there was like this, this, this spark that was about to ignite. Right. And so like we started moving into the sixties and then like, things start kind of like opening up more. Like we kind of like get more creative and more kind of experimental. And, you know, we start dealing with like molecular mixology. Um, We start kind of like going deeper into like, it's not just about making the perfect Manhattan or the perfect martini. It's about finding those super obscure classics and then getting into like things like the blue blazer and, you know, kind of getting weird and setting shit on fire. Um, Then, you know, through the sixties, things get kind of crazier, wild, more wild and colorful and beautiful and then it ends with Vietnam so like we're we're, <laughs> we're kind of like like covid is kind of like the this like you know it's this is our vietnam uh in a way for the like the last decade but the cool thing is it's like through through all those terrible things that happen you know there's always like a revolt and there's always kind of like it sparks a lot of creativity in artistry. And so like right now it's like, you know, even though we're a, like a long ways from home, you know, we're, we're able to kind of like find creative ways to bring that experience to our guests and even to ourselves, you know, like there's, I, I'm over zoom calls by the way. I, I don't oh, know about gosh. you guys, but like, I'm like, I'm just ready to like actually see a person face to face and like, and, And I mean, it's great that we have like the technology to do the radio show and do like these tastings and like tutorials and things like that. But like, I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting like, we all are, we're all feeling very stir crazy. I'm just ready to get home from Vietnam, man. You know, I know, right? you know, like, and and again, like Southern, I know that you've said a bunch like that you don't want things to go back to normal because normal wasn't that great to begin with. I'm just ready to like. Because I know things are gonna be different when I get back from the war. And like just <laughs> like they were back then in, in the late sixties. But you know, you know, we've got we've got a lot to look forward to in the next decade, you know. We've got disco, whatever the cocktail equivalent of disco is. Um I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um there's also so kind of a psychedelic at- country thing happening in the seventies. Sure. sure, I think I mean I've been doing coming- that anyway.
4: I think we see it coming already. You know, I think uh, if 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 we can use this analogy and carry it forward, I think that the that sort of disco era is, um, <clears throat> you know, more uh, well crafted. Uh, I think we are we've always had RTDs ready to drinks, but now we're getting into more well crafted ones. You know, bars like, you know, uh, uh, Clover Club, uh, you know, Julie and Tom are putting out cocktails mm-hmm. that are that are, are ready to drink, but they're delicious and well-made. Um, you know, uh, bars like mine are putting out, again, bottled cocktails that are shelf-stable and, and uh, you know, tamper evidence sealed and come in sizes all the way up to a liter. Uh, Aaron Polsky's doing uh, his... Uh, a brand of cocktails live wire that are again beautiful well a lot of art on the on the packaging and 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 delicious and again well made you know we're, we're getting past the days of bartles and james uh and moving into the days of you know well i don't know what the what the other side of that analogy is but like i think <laughs> rtds have always been around right but now we're getting them and they're 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 good <laughs> right yeah so maybe that's maybe that's the the forward leap that we have from this analogy um but i couldn't agree more about how much um things have changed and even while we were chatting i zipped through my uh, archive and found a great photo of you side by side damon uh you know from about that time 10 years ago or so when you had you know <laughs> short cropped hair and a vest and a clean shaven face and and then you know side by side of you now with your long hair and a beard and cowboy hat and you know the, the transformation is is clear uh in, in that one photograph and i think um I don't know. I think the analogy is pretty apt. Yeah. We went from, you know, stuffed shirt and buttoned up, you know, short sleeves, short sleeves, uh, and a, and a, a thin black tie, uh, to, you know, hair down and loose with a you know, tie dye shirt
3: on. And, and to the listener, don't worry. It's going to be the show art for this episode. So you won't have to use your imagination. <laughs> You'll be able to see it. And you I, want to see it. Trust me.
2: <laughs> well, I think this this is worth noting too about this photo when people see it but these both of these photos were in GQ so uh, that can huh. also show you like how times have changed but right um yeah and like the first one was a feature on uh on neckties <clears throat> and like basically people who <laughs> yeah it it was it was cool it was like six dudes wearing neckties at jobs or or, or who worked in fields that weren't like office jobs so of course they okay. had like the mixologist guy and that was me. There was sure. like one guy who was like a studio like engineer or something like that, and he always wears ties when he's in the recording studio. Like I, I don't know, it was just like it was kind of a. What's I mean, you I hope they not it? it was kind of a it was kind of a stupid article to be honest with you, <laughs> but I was happy to be part of it. Um, and my good friends at Epaulette supplied. Like, that's where I got all all that fresh gear. <laughs> that's where I would yeah. get all my like custom shirts and like that's another thing like we were we were we weren't just like really putting on you know like a costume we were like going for it man like hardcore and well we've back we've, then we've, it was good
4: i think we've talked about it damon many times over the past you know several years uh, on the show where we went through a phase as bartenders where we had to kind of stomp our feet a little to get some attention to sort of prove that what we were doing, we were, we were taking seriously and thus we should be taken seriously. And I think that's where a lot of that, especially the costuming came from. Uh, It it came from, you know, we wanted to look uh, as professional uh, as what we thought of as a professional as we could, which kind of combined some things of, you know, modern day, which would of course be like a tie and a vest, but also some things that were when the, when, when we thought uh, Uh, that the profession was considered a a professional profession from the past. So arm garters and maybe that waxed, uh, you know, mustache and uh, those sorts of things. So I think that it was just a matter of, you know, sort of dress for the job that you kind of already have, but dress for the position that you want. Right. Right. Uh, And and that got it. That got attention and it got press and it got, um, it garnered the attention of the public. It, it, it fascinated them in some way, and and then eventually we got to the place where we could be like, okay, now you know that we're serious about what we're doing. Now we don't have to take ourselves so seriously anymore. We can kind of relax that and let right. that guard down and make it much more of a happy, inviting let, place. Let that arm garter down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let down my arm. Let down my arm garters, you know we all went through it. I, you know, you can go through my Instagram or Twitter or whatever existed, or even my Facebook, and you can find photos of me behind. Bars with you know steel arm garters on and a and a vest and a pocket square and you know all that that was all just part of the and I think it extends to our tools too you know that's why uh, you know Cocktail Kingdom suddenly dominated because there their tools that were beautiful you know I, the joke that I've used today is I, I say I can I can stir you a drink in a, in a in a milk carton with the top cut off and using a chopstick and it'll be delicious it just you don't you won't think of me as a professional if I do so you know. Right. Um, if you see me doing it, if you don't see me, you won't even know, but like the cool thing about,
2: I think that's really great to, to touch on for a while because like, you know, as cocktail kingdom got started, it was, it was mostly, it was books because Greg Brown's a publisher. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it was books and then all these like very cool, like obscure, like Japanese bar tools before they started like producing their own bar tools. Right. But at that time, so I've I've always collected bitters bottles. And mm-hmm. I there was a period where like I would be on like eBay and I'd be bidding against the same people. I could see like I could see their like username or whatever, and just like the first initial and the last one or, and the rest was all asterisk. But I realized I was bidding against the same couple people every time and then i found out one day that it was greg Baum and dave wondridge and like so
4: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say greg dave uh uh robert hess uh, ted high uh, robert simonson those are the names you see on those things all the time
2: oh this was back before robert simonson was a cocktail journalist. he was still doing theater He was a he was a theater critique critic yeah (laughs) um back then for the New York times but yeah i guess he was just starting to get into it but yeah so we had to start like emailing each other and being like hey are you is this you is this your turn? So we would take yeah. turns on like getting like <laughs> old bar tools, and the cool thing was is like I was just getting stuff that looked cool, like old How Co., like silver julep strainers and stuff like that. And you know, this is all the stuff that Greg was collecting to start. And this, this would become like the, his his kind of library of of vintage bar tools, antique bar tools to like uh, eventually produce his own, and mm-hmm. that became such a big thing back then. You know, because we were before. You know, we were using pint glasses, like you said. You know, we we were putting together having a julep strainer, like like a Winco julep strainer, was back then. It was it was wildly fancy, like sure, you know, like was... keep keeping uh you know keeping the strainer in a mixing pint glass with a spoon in it. That you know, we, back then we would just rip the red top off uh yeah. <laughs> off the bar spoon to make it look fancier, right? But it yeah the last decade has really shown this crazy progression of of bar tools and you know you've got people like bull in china um the people who make your strainers Southern. um uh I can't remember it, that what do you
4: the mover and shaker or does mover and shaker make those the one that says i hire bitters on it yeah yeah
2: oh that's cool yeah. i didn't realize what a multifaceted business they have I mean, <laughs> um they're, they're cool. all over the place but but yeah there's like uh I don't know. It's just, it's really you know. I to kind of like echo your point. Like when I was at Prime Meats, I would take the the to show people just to be just kind of goof off. I would have the paper cups from the coffee station, and I would take the smaller one and the larger one, and I would put them together, and it looked like a uh you know a Boston shaker, and because one would fit inside the other, one paper cup inside the other paper cup, and so I would shake someone a cocktail. And then I would put the coffee lid on it and use the the, the little mouth sippy hole. Is like that'd be where the liquid <laughs> came out. You know, I would pack the small tin under the big tin. You know, like, like yeah. the, the cups. So it, it it was just ridiculous. And you know, but this maybe we were having fun with that long before we were really supposed to be having fun with it. As far well, as I like, think, the past decade goes.
4: I think you know, uh, you in that time when you were scanning around on eBay or what have you to find. Uh, interesting tools. You have this sort of design aesthetic and I think a lot of uh, creatives are all, always looking for beauty so I think you were kind of citing these thing out things out because they were beautiful but then like guys like Greg and Dave were grabbing those things up because they were you know somewhat historical and those two things converged at just the right time to create this kind of you know get us on the road that we've been now on for you know decade or more decade and a half for that kind of stuff I think but for sure, I don't know. It makes sense how those two things kind of tied together.
2: Um, I actually, uh, I was in, uh, like down on the Bowery once. And, uh, you know, cause this, this, <laughs> this is right at the beginning of like double straining. Right. So, yep. so to find like a, wesh, mesh, a, a mesh, a wire mesh, <laughs> a, mesh. Um, <laughs> yeah. a, a mesh wire, like said, you know, like you couldn't really find one that was small enough. The, that perfect size that would fit like over a uh, like a tin a mm-hmm. shaker tin um, you could find like a bigger one or you could find a really small one that's like for tea but if you found that like it's like a three inch diameter one that was that. that's what you wanted and they were kind of hard to get back then uh, just because it was such a specific size that wasn't really used for I mean granted like all this stuff that we're talking about like it essentially was adapted from culinary tools right so um, I actually at one point I had a, a I was down in the Bowery and I found a one of those deep cup ramen strainers. You know what I'm yes, talking about? Yes, 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 With yes. like the long handle. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was so cool, man. I Because like you could grab, you put the Hawthorne strainer on top of the, the Boston shaker, right? And then with your thumb, you could hold the long handle. And since it was kind of like more of a, a ladle, you could just flip the whole shaker upside down. And it would catch everything and double strain it. And then... And this is back when like Danny Bowen was starting up Mission Chinese food and he came in one time and he was like, Bro, are you using a a ramen strainer for cocktails? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. Is that what this is? And he was like, Yeah. Uh, I, was like, ah. I was like, Well, I just got called out on this. Um I guess I should maybe find something else that looks a little bit more elegant.
4: <laughs> See, I thought I mean, it was cool went, though. I would have went the other way. I just got called out. I just got called out as an innovator. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use
2: the tools that are available to me to get the job you, done. You mean like, you mean like shower truce? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Spa day right. every day. I think it's a good time to take a break. So uh, why don't we take a quick break hear from our sponsors and continue talking about the past decade of bartending on speakeasy back in a moment. Cheers. Yeah.
1: Essex Market is a historic public market located on Manhattan's Lower East Side. The market's 30-plus vendors source thousands of unique products, like locally made Jersey cheese to Nordic smoked specialties. This holiday season, Essex Market is offering five carefully curated gift boxes. Feast on the finest products from their family of small business owners. And that's great news for the team at HRN, because we're always searching for unique gifts this time of year. Plus, these gift boxes are available for nationwide shipping now through December 18th. Send a taste of New York City to your loved ones both near and far, and get 10% off when you enter promo code HRN10 at checkout. Visit shop.essexmarket.nyc to learn more and to start sending some food-filled holiday cheer today.
2: And we're back. You are listening to The Speakeasy and we've been talking about the last decade of bartending and how such a wild ride the past decade has been. But man, let's talk about just the past year. Since we're here at the end of the year, um this is our last show of the year actually it is, and yep. what a year it's been. Um uh, well, we packed I, I can't in several... remember like the the like I I, I can't remember what the very last experience that was that I had at a bar before COVID. But I do remember that, I mean, we started off the year pretty good. Southern, you and I, we went to Oaxaca in February. That's Um, right. It's a pretty sweet last trip for me.
4: Seems Um, like a, that seems like a decade ago to me. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's hard for me to even remember doing that because it was literally right before all this happened. COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, I think it was, it, it was blipping on the radar when we were there. But we weren't, it was so not an issue. We weren't, we, we, I don't think we voiced or acted any concern. Um, Not that I can recall. Uh, We were just going around drinking tons of mezcals and visiting some really cool bars and uh, shopping at some very cool markets. And we had such a great time. The photos that I have are vibrant and memorable. but, but I, I only remember it when I go and look at those things. It seems like such a distant, actual thing to me. And as you just said, like, I do remember my last uh, experience at a, it wasn't even a bar, it was a restaurant that I loved going to right here in Greenpoint called Cherry Point. Um, and, you know, it was the night before, it was the Sunday night uh, before, this, before the shutdown, which was on a Monday. Uh, we were one of the, we were three top. There were very few other people in the, in the space at all. Uh, and that, that space is unfortunately did not survive COVID. It's closed due to the, due to the pandemic. So, <clears throat> but that seems so long ago to me. I've only been to four spaces that serve outdoor and since then. And I haven't done anything that serves indoor because I'm just not uh, personally, I don't think I'm ready for it. You know, it's a, it's a very different landscape out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I went on kind of a uh, a a two-and-a-half-week road trip, uh, I guess, in October. And, you know, it was interesting to see, you know, a lot of the the states were kind of like, had just started opening up again. And, you know, like some of the kind of like more rural places were, you know, definitely more open than, than what we're used to. And it was, I mean there were a couple times that we were kind of forced to seat to be seated inside and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was just weird, you know, honestly, uh, I, it, yeah, it, it's like part, so much of me wants to sit at a bar right now. And like, yeah. um, but at the same time, it's just like, man, it just doesn't feel right. Cause it's not the same. It's it, it, like, until like, until you're not, until people aren't wearing like staff members aren't wearing masks again, like I don't want to, I don't want to go and sit at a bar. Unfortunately, I don't want to go sit at a bar with a, a bartender and wearing a mask. You know, like it, yeah. it's it still doesn't feel right. You know, it's not going to feel right until that point.
3: Well, it's not just the bar. I mean, you know, I, I feel, I feel for the staff, I feel, you know, terrible. I feel like I'm living in some sort of like Hunger Games reality right? where I'm the, you know, the, the rich person from whatever the central district one is, or like the capital. And, you know, (laughs) it, 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 it has this really uncomfortable, like tier of, I am not here as a fellow human being i am here and you are there to to serve me and i and i and i fucking hate that and i don't like it and the other it's not just the people that are wearing that are um behind the bar though it's the fact that you necessarily have to be an island sitting there you know you can't sit down next to a stranger and strike up converse a conversation you can't you know uh get to know the person behind the bar the person next to you other people in this you know really densely packed really social room whatever and it just it sort of feels like the the it's it's the i don't like going inside bars because it feels
2: like the zombie version of something i used to love you know right yeah i i totally agree with that um and i I, and i hate that too um yeah what do you go ahead no, go, you, you got it. <laughs> no, no, <I> <laughs> oh, oh, no, I insist. You hang up first. <laughs> um,
3: but yeah, like I was thinking about this uh, when we were talking about doing this recap show of kind of like what is sort of the, you know, what are some of the defining traits of this year? I mean, obviously so much happened. And because of that, it's tough to sort of distill it down to just one, like, you know, talking point for like the like what what's the thing that you missed most this year? And I realized since, like, March, I haven't made any new friends. I haven't met any new people. And I think that's because we've lost these third spaces. We've lost these spots where you can go out and get to talking with someone and realize you have a shared interest. And, like, follow them on Instagram. And then, you know, meet up with them somewhere else. And then you've got a new friend or, uh, you know, an important business contact, or maybe you end up dating, whatever it is, just the fact that we don't have these chances to have these experiences of like meeting somebody new has just been super fucking weird, especially for, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most of the people that share our profession are extroverts. Um, I think it's particularly weird for people like us to just go a whole year probably longer by the time this is over without meeting anybody new, you know?
4: Yeah, and I can I can talk to the other side of that. You know, I still have been in service uh, with a mask on, uh, mostly serving people that were outside, but recently we started with the new reserve space indoor with eight people at a time, socially distanced, it's, which amounts to it's, it's always four two tops, um, you know, four couples or what have you, and they aren't meeting one another, even though I encourage them to. I say, look, you know, I know you're distance, but there's only eight of us in the room. You don't have to shout to talk across this room. Just just meet the people around you, uh, you know, and, and I see how hesitant or sort of, I think, sadly, they're falling out of practice. You know, and that's even here in a, in a very cosmopolitan city where people are really, you know, generally pretty close to one another. Um, I think we're, as a, as a, as a whole, society is losing that practice of being able to casually speak to someone right next to them. So uh, I wouldn't say it's a worry, but it's certainly something that I've noticed and it's a concern, you know, and yeah, for myself, you're right, Greg, I haven't uh, spoken to anyone quote unquote new in my, in my life in, in at least eight and a half months. You know, I think honestly maybe the, the last time I spoke to someone new would have been in February when, when Damon and I were uh, in, in Mexico.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's been, it's been especially <laughs> hard for for me being like, you know, I started the show 10 years ago. All I do is talk, man. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, not not be in a bar, like, it, it, and talking to strangers. It's like, you know, I haven't been on a flight since, since like you said, Southern, since we were in Oaxaca. And that's even weird to me because I'm used to, like, shooting shit with strangers and, like, you know, in a, an airport bar or even like the people sitting next to me in the plane. Uh, I used to always say that my favorite bar stool was like, you know, 36 a or whatever, you know, like next to some random stranger. And, you know, I just love talking to like complete strangers all the time. Um, so that's been weird. Yeah. I agree with that. And like you said, Greg, like that third space that's missing, you know, it's more than just, you know, kind of fulfilling, those social needs that are kind of inherent in most people, you know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit in our lives that gets like addressed and, and figured out in that third space. You know, it's kind of like a buffer and a filter for, like, you know, on either side. like a lot of stuff gets gets worked out in a bar. You know, just by being there and like kind of like sitting there having a drink, even if you're just doing it quietly and just like kind of letting the world like do its thing around you, or you know. Shooting the shit with some strangers, you know. There's a lot of stuff that that. I mean, think about like you know, like you know, revolutions are are starting to bar, and like you know, a lot of things kind of come out that way, and like there's a lot of important stuff that can happen, and it, you know, especially for people like me who probably need to go to the therapist, uh, but don't, uh, you know, I, I realize more, more now that I should probably go to a therapist. But I used to get it for free whenever I'd go to a bar, you know. Sure, even, I mean, even, even, even if I was working there,
4: I would even extend that Damon to to all uh, was considered the third the third space or the third place, right? Which is that's the library, which no one can go to now. That's the your right. coffee shop, which no one can go to now. That's uh, you know, it's not just bars, and that's where that 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 third space is the facilitator to you know a lot of problem solving, a lot of relaxation, a lot of you know, methodology to just kind of get out of your own head and, and, and commune with other people. Um, and I think that, you know, we're we're missing it. And the sad part is, and Greg, you brought this up in your notes, so maybe you want to leave this, but um, the sad part is a lot of these places, especially bars and restaurants, aren't coming back, and that's due to just a, a true lack of leadership and a true lack of focus from our, our own government.
3: Yeah, man, and it's been... in. You know, obviously the lack of third spaces is the thing that really kind of stung this year. But I think the thing that's really going to the the thing that's really going to sting for a while, even after, you know, we get vaccinated and, you know, we are able to open up to 100 percent capacity whenever the hell that is. Uh, it's going to stick with me, I think, for a while, how the government just let these places and these people die. You know, I mean, I was I was raised in a suburb of Washington D.C. by two bureaucrats. Like I was I grew up learning to just trust the government. And I know that a lot of that comes from a place of privilege for me. I was never arrested as a teenager despite richly deserving it a bunch of times. But, you know, what I always sort of grew up with and carried with me for a while, I think really in a lot of ways up until this year is this country is run by people whose life's work is to make the lives of American citizens better. That's what they do. They may disagree on how to do it, but they all have the best interests of their constituents at heart. And I can't believe in that anymore. Uh, I After watching, you know, all these businesses go under and a 9-11s worth of people dying every day for something that was majority preventable for the sake of scoring points politically and, and doing nothing to help people as a strategy that will somehow be advantageous to gain power later. Like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get over that. I don't know if I ever will, frankly. And that's been the thing that I think is going to be the, the biggest takeaway is that, you know, the system as it works isn't designed to help people. I know I'm coming to this party kind of late. I know a lot of people have known this for a lot longer than me, but, you know, it's now that, now that I do know it, now that a lot more people know it than knew it before, it's kind of like, what do we, what do we do with that? And how do we conduct ourselves and our business and our lives after this? You know?
4: Sure. I think the light has been shined and a lot of things have been laid bare and this is, this is going to be a catalyst for change, hopefully for the better. Um, You know, we're still, the jury's still out on, 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 if that change will uh, come at all, but but if it if it does, will it be better? And I think it, I think frankly it will. Holy cow! This is me bright-sighting. Um, oh my
3: god! We finally did uh, it.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah Took yeah. a whole year, but we
3: finally did it. What am cowboy, I supposed to do now?
4: I got a cowboy hat on. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that it, it, you know I think that all of this strife and struggle and this uh, um, you know the, that the that we've had with the government um, is going to change. It's going to make, it's going to be a catalyst for change. Things are going to change. Um, and I, I kind of ooh, take a little breath to say, it. I, I think I truly believe that, which is probably the most positive thing I've ever said about the government. Um, I, I think I can see a, a, a sea change is rising and it's going to, it's going to change for the better, especially, uh, for, you know, uh, for us, the sort of lower class and, Uh, middle-class and and bars and restaurants that have been left out to dry. I think things are going to change and uh, legislation will change so that, so that this kind of thing can't and doesn't happen to our industry again. Um, You know, so I don't know, Damon, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. You got thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm very hopeful that like, you know, grind army, I, I, I'm feeling pretty positive about things, you know, even though we're probably going to shut down soon and through the winter because, you know, we can't really do anything outdoors. And, but like, I also don't want to be the last, I don't want to be one of the only bars in New York city that's open at the end of all this, you know? And like, yeah, definitely that we need. I, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. I I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm not the silver lining on this one. Like you are Southern. Uh, someone's got to, be bad cop here but i don't really i don't know i'm just i don't want to go too dark but uh yeah it, it really sucks it, like, i, I want to kind of like think of this as like more more so than like food and drinks it, you know kind of like thinking about it as that that third space you know i think it, i will say this so so i don't have to go too far into it about the the importance of this if you haven't read the book uh ray, ray Olenberg's book the great good place that's the book about the third space and it's like a wonderful book uh mm-hmm. go and read that and then <laughs> then we can like continue talking about the third space um but i mean okay let me go back to the silver lining because this feels too weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm the silver lining guy y'all um no i mean i i think that like you said to echo what you're saying so there it's going to happen but it's just too late too little too late for a lot of these businesses i mean like a really good friend of ours and an old co-worker of mine natasha david her bar nightcap she's been very vocal about uh, how the government has just let us down and it's true and it's you know it's not it's not just the government it's i mean landlords being greedy and having no compassion during this time is is or empathy is like another that's a whole other side of it that we could get into but eh.
0: well, I mean, do i have the, the answers no but no
4: yeah i mean we were we were obviously all tremendously uh, let down and disappointed um by what's gone on uh, you know uh, uh i i closed permanently 80 percent of my businesses because of this uh, important bars like nightcap uh, are are not coming back because of this. Um, important restaurants, uh, Twenty One Club, is not coming back because of this. That
2: one really hurts.
4: Yeah, uh, you know these are iconic places uh, in an iconic city uh, that are Although surviving. I wouldn't
2: be surprised if some some of the more well to do regulars
4: pick up that mantle and take but, it. I was thinking the yeah. same thing.
2: I mean, but that's like not, that,
4: I mean, but but that's not how it should work, Damon. The government should exactly. have stepped in and, and, and made this not happen in the first place. It shouldn't be on us, the uh, constituents and citizens, to pick up after one another. It shouldn't be that, uh, you know, GoFundMe is has more campaigns going on right now than it than, than it uh, during this year than it's ever had in its entire uh, span combined, uh, because we're all trying to rely on one another. The government, uh, the government of every other wealthy nation in the world has has come through with. Uh, as much as ninety percent of income, uh, replacement for for their for their constituency, uh, uh and and we we've come through with a twelve hundred dollar check, you know, uh, there's plenty of room right. here to be angry, and I am, but I'm saying I can see, I hope anyway, I can see the future, which is progressive thinking, um, and 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 and, and, a, and a governance that's going to be a little bit more, uh, sympathetic to the actual needs of the people instead of you know, giving $740 billion to a military budget when we're already 10 times larger than any other military in the world, instead of giving any of that money to uh, uh, the, the people, uh, and especially the people who are hurting and in need, like the restaurant and bar industry, and uh, you know, or even for that matter, you know, how is it that nurses wearing garbage bags contracted COVID and died because they couldn't get, you know, PPP or PPE, sorry, protective equipment, um, you know, like that's, 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 uh, it's unconscionable. It's cruel. It's, un- you know, like it, it's, it's greed on a level that's, that's, that's unheralded. But I feel like I see that because it's all being exposed and we are all angry, that it's going to turn the tide and take us in another direction. Now that's, that stuff doesn't, you know, spin on a dime. It'll take a while to reverse the course, but at least we're, we're, you know, starting to make that turn.
3: Yeah. And the nice, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've used this analogy. I think at the beginning of the show, when we were just starting to be at the beginning of our time in the virtual studio, but um, I've been thinking a lot about the story of, there was a, I believe it was a 9.6 magnitude earthquake in Alaska, which is just devastating Uh, sometime in the, I think, 1960s, speaking Mm -hmm. of the sixties. And The government uh, sent a bunch of sociologists to study the aftermath of this after it happened because they wanted to honestly, get a glimpse into what would happen to society if there was a nuclear war. And, you know, there were buildings that were toppled, like infrastructure was down, supply chains were down, the government was just scrambling and they wanted to see what would happen. And I think they went in kind of expecting it to be like Mad Max's Australia. But what they actually saw was, you know, people banding together, people saying, "Okay, I've got a sewing machine, I've got a refrigerator full of, you know, meat and cheese and bread, I've got a lot of uh, um, first aid equipment in my truck. Like, what can we do? What do I have that I can give to someone else in need? And I think you've seen that here. Uh, for the first, you know, the bar that I was working at when the World ate itself started to GoFundMe, and they used that to supply groceries once a week to anybody on their staff that wanted it, including me, for like five months it was amazing i got a free whole chicken for every week for five months and i'm awesome at roasting chickens now and i never want to do it again for the rest of my life but just that ability that we've seen on a small scale of the citizenry to band together when we've been abandoned by the people whose salaries we pay to protect us in these situations we've been able to be our own fail safe we shouldn't have to But at least we were. And that, I I agree, does make me a little hopeful for, you know, the fact that there's a sea change coming, that we realize that we can band together and do better in the future.
4: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think, uh, you know, the new administration coming in, the record turnout for voting, uh, you know, people are paying attention suddenly, where I think that for a while, and when I say a while, I mean, you know, decades, we've just been kind of coasting. I've been sort of blindly faithful to the uh, to the system, you know, kind of like you were saying, you were brought up to sort of trusting that the government is there to help us and they're supposed to be there to do the right thing and have their citizenry in mind when they do it. Again, they may not agree, but they've all got the same goal in mind, which is to make the place better. Uh, I think we've all just been kind of blindly trusting that while maybe they have not been doing their jobs. Maybe they've been being a little bit nefarious or, or sneaky. Uh, and, and now, again, the light's been shined and the cockroaches are going to scramble and uh, what's going to be left are the good people who are going to do good works for uh, the common goal and, and the common good.
3: I think that's where we're headed. Silver linings, Teague. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. but you,
4: you see how I say Shocking. it in a way that still sounds kind of negative, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a, Amazing. Uh, you could, yeah, can't can't take can't take Oscar too far from the garbage can. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, there are some great things though, Greg, you, you talked also about in your notes about how, you know, our ability to reach people through, through
3: podcasting has extended. Um, and I think that's great, right? Oh, that's been a ton of fun. Like the day that we, uh, I talked to, we talked to my friend, Steph in Dublin and then jumped off and immediately talked to, uh, you know, a, a, a whiskey producer in Mexico city. That was awesome. You know, the fact that we've been able to be globetrotters from our apartments has been great. And I do honestly, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to get real Jimmy Stewart at the end of this uh, podcast here. But I do really <laughs> hope that this podcast has been able to help people this year because, you know, it's a, like you have said this a couple times, Damon, for a while there. We, we were kind of a news podcast, you know, we were broadcasting, uh, groups that were providing various, uh, forms of aid and various forms of rent relief and, uh, you know, kind of our, our own DIY stimulus packages to people in this industry, because we had to, because nobody else was doing it. And I hope that in the midst of that with, you know, providing useful information. We were also able to provide some levity. We were able to provide some interesting perspectives that we wouldn't have if we were still meeting in a shipping container, eating pizza, as much as I miss that. And, uh, you know, I hope that we've been able to help people that felt very lonely, that were used to spending their time in a hyper-social atmosphere for 12 hours at a stretch and now can't do that. So I hope we've been able to to help you. And I also want to say thanks for listening thank you for giving us an ability to do this and to reach out and to make us feel like at least me personally feel like you know
2: i'm i'm not going through this alone so thank you for listening seriously absolutely and to to expand on that even more for me i mean like I, being being able to to interview all these people over this year through the last 9 months um has been really For me, especially, I kind of echo what you're saying. Like knowing that, like we're not the only ones going through it. You know, it it sucks to. The unfortunate part of this style of journalism that the speakeasy has turned into in this year is that we did have to start reporting the news, um, and sometimes two, three shows a week as opposed to just the one, and. In a weird way, it, it, we're trying to like, you know be there for the industry and be able to relay a lot of the information that was helpful and, you know, charitable. And, but at the same time it's kind of that camaraderie of like interviewing all these people, knowing that like, we're not the, you know, we're all going through this together, you know, and the only way we're going to make it through is together. And so, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to echo what you said and say thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. I've personally gotten a lot of really great messages and notes from our listeners seeing how much they appreciate us providing some of this information from like be it USBG and relief funds from like the uh, independent restaurants and like all these things. Like it's, it's been really cool to like know that people are listening and it's not just us talking to each other every week, even though I love that, but, but that we're actually able to provide some some information that's helpful.
4: Yeah, I'm pretty grateful, again, uh, as well, for the fact that we've been able to, hey Damon, have you back on the show a lot more because we are now remote, so you don't have to be here in studio live with us, nor does our guests, which means, again, as Greg was saying, we can virtually globetrot. Uh, you mentioned, Damon, we've done two to three shows a week during the pandemic. So, you know, we've suddenly ramped up the number of episodes that are out there. We've tried to host people who have something poignant to say or a message to deliver or Direction to point people in that can get uh, the aid that they need or find the way to uh, offer aid. You know, we've had different guests on that have taught us how to uh, reach out as bars and restaurants if we're in need, but it's also taught the consumer, the listener, uh, how they can uh, reach out and and give, right? So we've been a conduit, and I think, uh, as you mentioned, you've gotten lots of messages. I have as well, people being very thankful and. Uh, to To know how to help if they want to do it, or how to get help if they need it, and also people who are just, um, you know, staying connected because of us. Uh, you know, if the third place isn't there, then you know you can always rely on the speakeasy to to you know be in your ear and talk to you about what's going on in the in in the industry and uh, in good times and in bad. Uh, and we'll always try and have a you know now that there's three of us on the air all the time. You know, we we got different perspectives, we have different approaches and and different styles of looking at things and dealing with things, and um, I think it's, uh, uh, again, I'm on record many times as saying that I do a lot of things, I I keep myself very busy, Um, but I make time to do this show uh, because it is my absolute favorite thing that I do each week, and I couldn't be uh, more grateful that I've been able to be a part of it for as long as I have. Uh, It's been a tumultuous year, uh, but the only way out is through, and uh, the the eventuality is if we keep putting one foot in front of the other, we will get through it, so...
2: Well said, Uh, Souther. Very nice. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. Yeah. I was just thinking, you Uh, know, virtually my passport is stamped to hell and extra pages (laughs) have been added and it's, it's looking pretty hot, but, uh, so thanks, thanks for bringing that up, Greg. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have, we've had a great opportunity to talk to a lot of wonderful people all over the world in this past nine months because of these restrictions. And yeah, I, you know i like you said the only way i was through and i i feel like the show has gotten better because of the people that we've had on the show during this time and and that's the it's not about us hosting the show even though today it is uh <laughs> it's, it's about the guests we have on the show and uh we've had the best of the best this year so they're very thankful yeah for we that. really have
4: and that that ability to to just do it uh you know virtually and uh, you know, can't can't let all this go without giving a great amount of thanks to the team at HRN and especially Amanda, who's always with us, um, making it happen. You know, uh, we could I don't think we could uh, get this done at all if it weren't for the support of the uh, the network being underneath us the whole time. So, I uh, want to make sure that they get their props as well. You know, we're just uh, the talent in this scenario. They're the they're the engine that drives the machine. Absolutely,
3: man.
2: Indeed. Well, cool guys. Um, I I just want to say thanks again to all our listeners, to you guys. And I'd say everyone have a great rest of your holiday season for the rest of the year. Tune in next month where the speakeasy will be turning 10 years old. That's 10 years, man. A decade Ten years. I've only cut my hair twice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, seriously, uh, it's been like three times, I think, actually. Anyway. Once was um,
3: right before that other picture was taken.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, we are going to be ha- having some really fun stuff happening uh, for the 10-year anniversary, so stay tuned for that. Uh, of course, it will be all over social media as well, so stay tuned on that. I guess that's the end of the show, guys. Thanks again for making this happen, and uh, I love both of you, and one of these days we'll be in the studio, actually in the studio together and like you said eating pizza and drinking drinks i wonder what's happening with our little bar in the studio uh
4: my my hope damon is that someone has got the key to it and is whittling away and diminishing it uh because it's just medicine at this time right yeah (laughs) but (laughs) I it's like robert simonson said
2: stop saving it for a rainy day this is the rainy day (laughs) <laughs>
4: yeah, it's raining, man. So I, I hope it's being whittled away. Uh, I, I, no restrictions, guys. If anybody's listening at the studio or what have you, get in there. It doesn't matter. Oh, if it's unopened, open it. Um, yep. So, consume, don't collect.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, that's it for the speakeasy for this year. Check out Heritage uh-huh. Radio Network for <laughs> you like that. <laughs> Check out Heritage <laughs> Radio Network. For many other programs like this one, click on the Beating Heart to donate to the station. And until next year, everyone, cheers. Cheers.
4: cheers. Thanks so much.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna
4: get you The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to the Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network.
2: Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you.